To truck it, I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent the Dude. Hey, good afternoon from a sun-drenched freight alley. I love that new intro, bro. Yeah, Aaron and I. <laughs> it's killer, dude. So the great Aaron Armstrong and I have been working really hard on here. And I, I remember when I told you, like, what, what we were, I was like, I really wanted to have this sort of, um, like, 80s TV show, yeah, A-team yeah, yeah. almost sort of vibe to it. It kind of yeah. tells a narrative. We've actually yeah. been having some fun with it online, too, uh, rescoring it with, um, Sitcom soundtracks and action soundtracks, and it's it's a good time. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, one thing I didn't enjoy last night is it got really, it got really hairy. I, sh- I sent you that tweet yes, when um, did. the uh, the attack was going on, and these reports came out: nuclear power plants on fire. We had no idea how dire it was. Sent over to you, and it, it sounded really, really bad. Fortunately, it, I think it turned out to be just a building next door that was on fire. Situation got under control, but like. It was like red alert there for for an hour and a half, an hour, two hours. I mean, that was that that was. I had a huge pin in my stomach on that one. That was super scary, man. Yeah, I, I was hanging with my with my daughters and you know playing some Barbies and stuff, and I saw that come across. I was taking a reality break, really. Yeah. You know, or getting into reality, really, or whatever. But yeah, it hit me, and it was just it was a gut punch. I was like, oh no, because it was. I mean, it looked like it looked like heavy shelling. Yeah. On a nuclear plant, and that's. As stupid as this war and, and horrendous as it is, that's a whole new level of stupidity and terror. That's awful. It seemed like there was no regard. I mean, again, for I hope they, they stay away from this uh, from attacks on there. It seemed like there was no regard for the Ukrainians, for the rest of Europe, for Russia itself, and for even the people attacking the building. It was, it was uh, hor- horrible to see. It really brought into, into front of mind just how quickly these situations can go, can go sideways and how precarious this all can be for... For all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, we try and have these laws of war, which is, is an oxymoron to me. But and, and like you said, stuff goes sideways so quick. Yeah. Uh, the whole situation, it's just it's awful. Gut punch for me. We well, know what we're doing today. Today, we're highlighting some of our own veterans here over in the United States. A lot of veterans touch logistics, and today we're going to be talking about some of them who've started their own companies, what they're doing, and some programs that support them. It's really good. We're going to hear about the Skill Bridge thing, uh, veteran-themed coffee experience, veteran-owned print shop for freight companies. Really cool stuff. We also got a lot of news about all this stuff, and we'll try to send you home on a little bit of lighter note, too, to make, uh, you know. Trying times a little easier. Yeah, Here we get to all that. Let's tip the band. Looking for a new adventure? Take the next step on your career journey with AIT Worldwide Logistics. When you join their growing team, you'll collaborate with expert colleagues around the world to create innovative solutions backed by world-class customer service. If you're ready to push your supply chain envelope, your next adventure is waiting. Visit the career section at Tell em, dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. Headlines. Breaking news, Lori Ann Rocco. She says right here, after careful, and she's quoting uh, Maersk, she says, after careful consideration, we now see the clear need to establish new and revised existing processes of accepting and handling bookings for Belarus. So even more sanctions coming through, even as we're live on air. I mean, these things are, are nonstop, too. We'll, we'll go over a few of them and how they touch freight, but 
getting into yeah. all of them. I mean, they're they're just nonstop. Even Spotify, WWE, all these d- different entertainment companies, right? It's across the spectrum. Yeah, they're they're cutting everything off over there. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's like you said, WWE didn't that that was just recent, right? Yeah, yesterday. Well, let's highlight someone who's doing something good for this. Let's though. do it, man. Here's an open letter to supply chain readers uh, for you on Ukraine needing humanitarian relief. Benjamin Gordon, he's a managing partner over at Cambridge Capital. He penned this open letter on freight waves yesterday. I think it's worth sharing a few excerpts. Would you agree, Michael Vincent? Absolutely. Yes, sir. He says here, I believe we in the supply chain world can and should be a part of the solution. As General Omar Bradley said after leading the Allies to victory in World War II, amateurs talk strategy, professionals talk logistics. Mm -hmm. And indeed, many of our friends in the supply chain world have taken that initiative. Our friends started Project Dynamo, evacuating people from war-torn cities like Kiev and Odessa. Another colleague at SECO has committed to providing free transportation for emergency supplies. And other friends of BGSA and Cambridge Capital in the United States, Canada, Mexico, Israel, Ukraine, India, and various countries in Europe and donating time and resources. There are many needs on the ground and so much that we can do. Yeah, that's right. And he shares a, a few suggestions, right? And I believe this is kind of in an order of where you'd like to see these happen anyways. And it's kind of obvious when you look at this is donate money. Multiple worthy organizations are providing emergency rescue and relief services. I am working, as he uh, working closely with the JDC, which was uh, which has a century-long history of outstanding disaster relief amid dangerous circumstances in Russia, Ukraine, and worldwide. I'm sure Project Dynamo, the Red Cross, and others would welcome financial support too. Contribute food, medicine, supplies. Ukraine faces shortages of vital hospital supplies. You got to be thinking about that: tourniquets, stretchers, splints, morphine, ambulances, and much, much more. Provide transportation, like Seiko Worldwide, providing trucks, flights, and more, and free free transportation for all this. We also have all, all the humans that need to be moved to, so we need secure buses and drivers to evacuate more people, right? Ideally, we would find buses in neighboring European countries as well as people willing to drive. And this is why he's appealing to logistics world, because we have the access to those assets. So this is why he's asking you all to listen. Arrange housing. Close to one million Ukrainians have already fled their homes, and with a country of over 40 million people, mm. this humanitarian crisis is going to need all your support. For most of us, there are easier ways. There's easy ways like money, and there's also those ways of helping asset. Contact Ben at CambridgeCapital.com for more information on the work and the support that he is doing. We recommend that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the money helps transport all the other don- the food and donations right. that can come in large quantities, right? So the money is essential so that of stuff course. doesn't go to waste. You ever, you ever move anything in logistics without a freight bill being paid? No. Of course, it all starts with money. Mm-hmm. Russian sanctions cut both ways for air cargo. That's right. Uh, Sunay uh, Manders, oh, the CEO over at Flexport, he actually put a stat up here. He says, according to Seabury, the direct air cargo capacity between Europe and Northeast Asia fell 20% over the weekend of February 26th to 27th, uh, and that is decreasing further as more carriers cancel flights. We can't stress enough that this Ukraine situation is not a weekend war. The longstanding effects of these sanctions are going to roll through. Here's some of them. Fallout from the tit-for-tat aviation sanctions over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They're starting to have that impact on air cargo. Uh, Finnair said Thursday it is considering additional furloughs of up to 90 days after reducing flight activity because its aircraft can no longer land or overfly Russia. From 90 to 200 pilots and 150 to 450 cabin crew members could be impacted starting in April. Final determinations depend on how the situation unfolds and, of course, what uh, substitute measures can be implemented as we're all reacting in real time. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example of the 
tit for tat and what what is going on here. The Russian-Ukraine war has pushed the price of jet fuel past $111 per barrel, up 4% from just a month ago and 57% from a year ago, according to the latest data Friday from the International Air Transport Association. The use of less direct flights, you got to think about this too, means aircraft may have to carry more fuel, which reduces the available payload weight for cargo. Uh, Sporhover said it makes more sense for cargo aircraft to make an immediate stop for fuel than to leave cargo behind. Of course. And as we talked about during the COVID pandemic, the cancellation of passenger flights directly impacts belly cargo. The other big mm-hmm. aspect that's happening from this is obviously the Volga D, those the major Russian air cargo vessels that can hold that out-of-gauge stuff that there are no other vessels that can move. That's right. No other flights. That's They're right. going to have to figure that out. And as we know, that also takes time. The Fredo's error index shows China-Europe rates climbing more than 80% last week to uh, 11.36 per kilogram. That's really getting up there. Meanwhile, a few European carriers are starting to introduce a war surcharge according to European 3PLs DSV and Hellman Worldwide Logistics. Again, we can't stress, you have to, if you're working with your forwarders, you have to contact them. If you're working with your insurance partners too, you have all risk policies. Understand this, if you are in the region, there's an asterisk to your all risk. Make sure you're covered. Come out whole. Act of war isn't covered. And I know. I know. Cases, that, yeah. that is separate. Yeah. It's not the same. People, people think it's the same as terrorism. It's not. Terrorism right. can happen anytime. It's surprise. Act of war is looked at differently because you are willfully putting your cargo into a dangerous area. Yeah, yeah. And in air cargo, people don't understand that. Up until that plane leaves in normal times, they're watching wind speeds and temperature, et cetera, to decide how much fuel they're going to need to decide how much cargo is going to move. Now you throw this on top of it, yeah. huge, huge uh, loss of cargo volume. Oh, geopolitical instability, huge, <laughs> huge core aspect, Massive. everything we have to think about now in this decade about supply chain because of what is happening. Uh, what's also happening, you already seen here in the United States, right? You're looking at gas prices and tanker shares. Tanker shares have jumped as the war rages. Here's a picture of my buddy. Now, granted, this is in Essex, California, and that price <laughs> is actually more than 21 cents higher than when he took that picture. Essex, California is out in the middle of nowhere, so so a little, bit, uh, a little bit harder to get gas out there. And I think that might be close to the highest in the nation. Top bellwether. Here's one that's a little bit uh, more palatable. Four, what do we got? 561 for diesel. We can jump to that next graphic. There you He's, go. Uh, where do you say he was here? Oh, this is that's in Ontario. Ontario, California. Ontario, yeah. California. Uh, Patrick DeHan, the CEO of Gas Buddy, he says uh, gas bars in Vancouver, D.C. reached $2 a liter mark. That's the first time ever in Canada to reach that as stations raise to 2.009 per liter. Uh, Greg Miller here reports on the axiom of ship. One axiom of shipping is that the war can boost freight rates and share prices, particularly for tankers. Since Russia invaded Ukraine last week, tanker shares have indeed outperformed, but upside is not evenly spread between the, the gains, right? Yeah. Um, containers and dry bulk stocks have both largely, are both largely treading water with multiple names underperforming the S&P 500, particularly on the dry bulk side. That's right. There's always winners and losers, and shipping markets have proven to be direct beneficiaries in major way of events that are typically not good for the broader markets, said Ever Evercore ISI shipping analyst John Chappelle. Uh, it's not necessarily a long-term investable thesis that if the S&P goes down 20%, you want to make a max long speculative tanker stocks, but they are a hedge in a lot of these situations, he told American Shipper. It has been proven time and time again that when there's a geopolitical event involving this type of aggression, tanker and defense companies tend to be the big winners. Well, they, well, look at this. Since market closed on February 22nd, I have a stat here. Share of two owners, Nordic American tankers and TK tankers, are up 46 and 24% mm-hmm. respectively. So a lot of motion going on on there. Again, the, this news coming in on rapid fire. Follow FreightWaves.com for all of your supply chain impacts on Amen. 
what's happening here? But you know what? Let's highlight some veterans. Let's focus on supply chain and let's let's focus on some good too. Because we right still on. live in a good world and people are doing good things, Michael. Benson. Send them off good at the end of the week, my friend. Let's There's start always off with good Eric news. He's the marketing manager at Liberty Custom Printing. He made this shop looking hat that's on my dome right now. Let's bring him up. Eric, thanks for coming on the show, sir. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's been a, it's been a, it's been a hot moon, man. We talk a lot online, but I haven't, I haven't seen you around these parts in a day. And I opened this box on my desk today, and I was excited to, uh, to see the lid and to see the, uh, the what the truck socks that you had sent as well. Nice. I'm gonna wear those yeah. socks with my sandals as I cut my lawn this weekend. Oh yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> well, Eric, perfect Eric, Eric, why don't you introduce <laughs> yourself to our lovely audience here? Uh, I'm Eric Serta. I'm in uh, Plainview, Texas now. Uh, I'm a retired um, veteran. I uh, was medically uh, retired with disability. And uh, now I'm kind of just on the journey of, of trying to work beyond those disabilities and put something together uh, that I can be proud of. Excellent stuff. Let's talk about let's talk about custom printing. What is Liberty Custom Printing? What's the, what's the mission there? What's going on? The, uh, the in the beginning, it was uh, actually for my daughter. She uh, she's a single mom and she wanted to be able to work from home. So mm-hmm. she started with making tumblers, uh, hair bows, a couple things like that. And uh, I had a little bit of knowledge about uh, about printing a few things. So what I did was uh, when my wife uh, was like, hey, maybe it's a good idea if you help her out. Um, and so I started, you know, maybe once or twice a week doing stuff. And, uh, even still today, I only work a couple days a week. It's hard, uh, with, I actually have uh, mental illness issues, so it's hard to put together three full days. So it's, this is a good opportunity for me to, uh, to try to get back into, uh, the same work ethic and, and, um, get healthy again. So anyway, we, uh, we started printing and we started looking at options. It's kind of expensive to get into the printing mm-hmm. industry. So we looked at the basics and, uh, we kind of figure out creative ways for us to be able to get involved. And, uh, w- like you, like with that hat and the socks, uh, that was the fastest way to, for us to be able to really get into something, uh, quality that not a lot of people were doing. So, so we jumped in. Eric, nice. Thank you for your service, man. I, I love, uh, I Amen. love your mission here. I knew what you were doing with some of your brokerages too, and you're you're always trying to uh, to help veterans and support veterans. Also, thank you for candidly sharing some of the the mental health stuff. Um, I can empathize, not not from from PTSD, but you know, I've 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 had my own mental health issues in 2017. I had to kind of do what you were doing is is kind of start anew and actually gradually bring myself back into like full time work and everything. I did it through podcasting. You're doing it. With printing, tell us a little bit about uh, the prints. You're serving a lot of logistics companies. I've noticed you're picking up that clients. Why is it your background in brokerage that kind of has led you to to initially focus on our industry? Uh, well, uh, yeah. Well, originally, uh, when I decided that I was going to try, see, I basically want to get rid of uh, the, the disabled veteran tag, and I just want to be a veteran. Um, but I, de- you know, I depend a lot on my wife. She cares for me. And, uh, and I have, like I said, m- mental illness and injuries, uh, that, that prohibit me from holding a regular job. So my, when my best friend started Valor, uh, RZL Logistics, that's when I first met you guys. And, uh, I was trying to help out with him doing some marketing and a few things, but nothing, nothing too, uh, with too much, uh, responsibilities because I would get overwhelmed really easy and, uh, you know, get a little depressed or have too much anxiety, uh, being up all night, trying to wait on a, a trucker to send me their location stuff like that was just too much. And, uh, but what I realized 
was that a lot of truckers, uh, trucking companies, uh, the logistics companies, they they don't really market the way that other companies do. And so I noticed a lot of them were needing T-shirts, hats, uh, different things to um, just kind of up their game a little bit. And so I, 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 my daughter was already doing some other things. So that's when we brought in the printing and we really, because we had grown so much on LinkedIn, uh, with, uh, with the, the logistics industry, we, we directly just reached out to everyone that we, that we knew and made friends with, uh, when we were working with the, uh, with Valor and, uh, it just worked out as a perfect, perfect fit. Um, a lot of these places didn't realize, you know, that just uh, T-shirts were, were pretty inexpensive to be able to buy, you know, 100 T-shirts and hand them out to all your employees and keep a couple to send to uh, prospects was actually a really, really uh, cheap way to market your company. So we just we, we made a perfect connection there. Yeah, it, it's it's a great mission, and it is a great way to market stuff. I highly I highly recommend it. I still wear my Valor shirt proudly that you guys sent us. Thank you so much for that. Um, but tell us a little bit about the process and how it works. So you you got into this and you started doing the t shirts. You mentioned that that it's expensive to get into this type of stuff. Tell us a little bit about the logistics of putting this together. Uh, the 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 biggest problem is equipment. The equipment uh, gets expensive uh, really fast. You could do. Uh, we mostly still just have like DIY uh, made equipment and um, but, but we're able to, like I said, we push the boundaries as far as we can with the, the stuff that we do have. And uh, but, yeah, the logistics of it is, is the difficult thing, because many times, you know, we're ordering in bulk of supplies, uh, bulk of, uh, you know, let's say we're going to order 200 T-shirts. We have to pay the shipping to get the T-shirts to us. And then we also have to pay the shipping to get the T-shirts back out to uh to the the customer who's purchased them and since most of our um our shopping is done online all of our most of our customers are online uh we send things you know all over the all over the united states and so a little bit of background of of brokerage that i have and working in logistics and freight uh has really helped us kind of we 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 have a couple secrets that that other printing companies don't have so we save a lot of money uh with Mm. with the printing Mm. What was that? What? Oh, I I don't know. Um, Yeah, I just heard a noise in my ear that kind of cut things off. I thought he was. I thought you were gone there for a second, Eric. I apologize for that. But yeah, it's crazy times. Are you losing your mind a little bit over here? I I I may be. I mean, I was I was off thinking about my next question, and then I heard a noise in my in my. I, yeah. I do, I All do, right. I absolutely Quit do. Stalling and, and asking, I'm, I'm man. sorry, I'm not. <laughs> you're you're distracting me, man. So listen, Dooner and I and everybody else around the country enjoy a lot of benefits from the from you being a veteran and many and many other people who served in the military. What are some of the things that you brought away from from that that help you now in in your business? Um, well, it's kind of difficult because a lot of the things that that made me successful in the military. Um, they kind of add to the PTSD and the, and the anxiety. So mm. uh, it's, it's difficult to kind of separate them, but still pull out the best of it. Like, uh, I mean, putting myself 100% into my work is something that worked well in the military mm-hmm. that, um, and, 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 but doesn't work so well in the civilian life because uh, then I, I don't set aside time for me, but uh, you know, being physically active, uh, that helps a lot. Eating right, uh, getting to sleep on time. A lot of the discipline um, 
that I still have is really what helps us helps us out a lot. Um, the I mean, yeah, the discipline. That's probably number one thing is the discipline, and uh, you know, the uh, the integrity. That's another big thing. Uh, you know, if I can't do the job, I'll just let someone know. Like, hey, I can help you find someone, but currently, you know, we can't we can't do that or we're not going to do it as well as someone else for the price. So we'll try to help someone find that. And we just, you know, be honest as we can with, with people. That's, that's how we started these, the hats, because uh, like you were saying about the equipment, embroidery machines are expensive. So mm. uh, trying to get a patch and embroider it, um, you know, to buy a machine is to be up to $6,000, $10,000. It's going to be forever. Uh, so we kind of run our shop. My wife wanted to make sure that we run a no debt shop. So we only buy things that we can afford. Uh, so, uh, you know, you guys were asking how we, how I do this a lot of times. Well, basically what we did was we got a special printer. We did purchase a printer and basically it prints these, it prints these pages off. Uh, we do the artwork. And then we we print the pages. You guys know I'm a Beastie Boys fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We awesome. uh, we just print these things off. We cut them, and then if you can press see, monkey. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can see right here. This is our heat press. One of them. We got a couple, and we we uh, take these patches. We got them in a bunch of different sizes. We take these patches and we print. Uh, we print on them, and uh, and it like you said, you you can see it on your hat. It's extremely yeah. clear. I mean, it's it's really oh, yeah. really nice. And so then we just take that. Uh, we take our our little miniature iron, and we take the hat, and we just place it in the right spot, and then just iron it on there. There you go. And uh, it ironed on there. If it's uh, requested, we can even stitch it up and get it on there, per- you know, a little more permanently. But these, uh, the patches that we that we work with, they stay really, really well with a, a nice iron and a little bit of pressure. Well, Eric, I, nice. I dig them. So if uh, you out there you're listening, you want to get your logo here on some socks or here on your head, where do I send them to? Oh, man, LinkedIn, our Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We're on all of them. We also have our website. It's uh, libertycustomprinting.com. Like I said, here's our socks, some of the socks that we make. Oh, cool. Oh, I like uh, that. Oh, Nemo. Nice. Yeah, obviously we can't sell these Disney socks, but we... Yeah, uh, sure. You know, we, we, <laughs> I, I wear them. I'm going to be I at Disney World own. next week, Eric. I'll ask, I'll ask the mouse if I, if he, he'll give you the Nemo license, all right? Yeah. 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 Hey, you, we, do make, we do make shirts for, for families traveling to Disney World. Uh, so if you oh, all want to wear the same thing, like a lot of those goofy families do, no, I always want to wear I appreciate it. Though. Hey Eric, thank you for coming on the show today. Have a great weekend. Thank you for sharing the Liberty story with us. I and those appreciate out you, it. Especially shows coming back. You need rapid printouts. They can hook you up. Made stateside right here. Take care, Eric. Right on. I want one of those Dooner family winter vacation 2022 <laughs> yeah, shirts. Can I have one do, of those? Does your family do the matching? But you do do the matching Christmas pajamas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you do. All right, Matt Perkins, co-owner of Business to Business Logistics, is here with us now. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Gentlemen, good afternoon. How are you? Now, Matt, it's interesting because a few weeks ago, you put a post up on LinkedIn, and I saw it, and then we reached out, and we got to talking, and it was about the DOD SkillBridge program, and uh, sort of happy accident. Uh, after that, I had booked uh, Mike, our next guest, and the one before him, Eric, and both of those guys are Army veterans, so this all ties in really nicely. Um, first of all, before we get into DOD SkillBridge and what you're doing with, uh, with Del Furcho and all those kind of things, tell us a little bit about yourself and what Business to Business Logistics is. Dandy, thanks. And uh, Eric, if you're still listening, thanks for your service. Appreciate it. I'm going to be reaching out, actually. I've got some ideas for some new swag. But um, 
Business to business logistics, 10 year old brokerage. Uh, I've been in the brokerage game for 23 years now. So my mentor, my come ups came from all the three letter brokers and um, actually even before them, uh, American Backhaulers is actually where I kind of learned how to be a broker. Um, in, the re- in the last two years with everything going on, I decided I needed a little change and I wanted to expand the company. So I talked to my partner and I said, we should open an office in Tennessee. There's some good things going on. And uh, here we are in beautiful, the north end of Freight Alley, right? We're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Open up an office in October and, uh, you know, rocking the brokerage from there. Excellent stuff. Let's talk a little bit about your uh, involvement with the skill, the skill, bridge, skill bridge program. Can you talk about that, how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So the DOD skill bridge program is a program for everyone who's currently uh, still in the armed services and they are looking to re-enter civilian life. Uh, mm-hmm. Their their time is coming to an end. So for the last 180 days, they can find an internship with a participating company. And then they come to us and they will learn, you know, in this case, they will learn how to be a freight broker. And when that six months is up, then they are fully released from the service and ready to be a, a civilian and then take on a job. Um, so Dell, in this example, he comes in every single day. He's located here now in Knoxville. He's from Knoxville, uh, but he was serving down in, um, it was Florida, I think Panama City in that area. And um, so for the next five months, roughly at this point, he'll be working as an intern and then come on board full time. Excellent stuff. Wow, really cool. I think we have a picture of Del Furcio here also. Tell us a little bit about how did you get connected with him and how is that going How is that going so far? And is this something you're thinking of expanding now that you've gotten into the program? Yeah, so the story of how I fell in with Dell is just irony and good timing. So when we were moving down here to Knoxville, the house we fell in love with had horrible window treatments. Dell's mom owns a window treatment company. So... Uh, met with Dell's mom and she, you know, furnished our house and everything. And in the process of talking, she learned what we did. And she knew in the background that, you know, her son was going to be leaving the services soon. So she reached out to me and asked if it'd be okay if uh, he reached out as well and introduced himself. And right now the rest is history. So he he came back home uh, a month ago. And now I'm expanding the coverage with the program. It It's, brand, it, it's relatively new. And it was a pretty free flowing program at first where they would just find a company as long as the company agreed, Dell filled out some paperwork in this case. And that was it. It felt kind of funny to me because there's nothing I had to do. It, he just showed up one day and started working, but the program has since expanded um, and gotten a little bit more refined. So I actually have to now go and get certified so I can bring on more uh, because I do want to, I think it's uh, I think it's a great thing to do for our servicemen and women. And uh, like you said at the top of the show, a lot of military come into logistics. It's kind of a natural flow. So if I can catch that flow, I'm all for it. Yeah, and if you're if you're not addressing that community um, from from all aspects in logistics, mm-hmm. you're making from from employment to services to opportunities, you're making a huge mistake. I mean, not only is it the right thing to do, but you're making a big mistake in not doing it because it's it's an attractive field. I mean, there, there's a nice natural crossover that that happens here now you have a lot of experience and the world's kind of a a wild place right now um are you getting are you feeling any impacts from what's going on with ukraine russia do you do you anticipate them i think we're all trying to figure out exactly 
how this is going to play out and, and what we have to consider here on our own soil as well. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's feeling it in different ways. So you've got, you know, you like a Landstar who just filed a new filing on their income, right? Um, ours isn't going to be as impacted. But of course, with the rising price of fuel that you just showed the pictures of with your buddy, what what truck driver is not asking for more money right now because of the rising fuel? Uh, at the same time, let's not avoid the fact that a lot of drivers are Eastern European, are Ukrainian, mm -hmm. and now they have family that's impacted. So are they parking a truck right now and going back home to help? You know, the supply of trucks is going to diminish a little as well. And so we all have to be cognizant of it, be aware of it, and be ready for it. A lot of it will come down to a financial situation where we're going to have to talk to our customer about rates. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of things that come down from this negative impacts that are going to trickle down That's to us. Hard but to say, right? Because I mean, with the sanctions, Vincent, I mean, and guys, if you, if you look at it, right, there's almost like, if it keeps going this direction, there's going to be like a, a bifurcation of, of the of economies, right? There'll be a, an Eastern and a Western economy if this is the direction we'll keep going in, which is also going to just drastically shift things and cause all sorts of disruptions just in that alone. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, I mean, there's a lot to consider. I know you guys do great work, and um, I don't want to confuse listeners with, with too much here, and I think the DOD Skillbridge was a, was a great focus. So folks who are looking to get, um, they, they have military background, they want to get into supply chain, they want to get in the most important field in America right now, or one of the most important fields in America, and one of the fastest growing and exciting, and I want to send them your way. Where do I send them to? Yeah, no, appreciate it. So, you know, I'll give my direct email. Uh, it's mperkins at shipbtb.com. So the oh, wrong hand, the, <laughs> my name right there, M Perkins at shipbtb.com. Um, with the simple fact that a lot of the exiting military are choosing the Southeast, what better place than Knoxville? It's a beautiful area. You guys know down in Chattanooga. It's awesome mm -hmm. here in East Tennessee. And you know we're, we're ready to welcome them home. Amen. Wow. Good work, I'll give you a little cowbell for that one, Matt. We really appreciate it. Thank you right so on. much for what you're doing for veterans. Everybody check him out. And we'll have you back on again soon to talk a little bit more about trucking and, and the other things going on in your world. Matt, thanks for your time today. Would love, love Thank to. You, thanks, guys. And enjoy this weather outside. Get out there soon. We will. We will. It's, it's turned nice over here in Chattanooga. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. He's doing a lot of really good stuff. And if people are watching this stuff, they want to get involved. Other companies yeah. really can get involved with Skillbridge. The other one out there is Dixon Centers. And there's also right there in Knoxville, centered there, is a thing called uh, Bunker Labs. And all of them deal with 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 uh, with veterans or, or current military people to transition to civilian life. There's plenty of opportunities to bring those people in. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, like, our country does make it possible for companies to take advantage of these things. Companies just need to know to go ahead and embrace those, like, yep. like that Skillbridge program. That's right. And again, we, like, in, like, companies like Schneider, they do an amazing job, uh, especially yeah. in their trucking thing. I think, like, 40% of their company is veterans. Yeah, yeah. ABF Freight did the same thing. Yeah. They do they huge. Tim Thorne just uh, uh, retired as president. He, lots of awards there as well. They did an excellent job there Yeah, as well. I, I would be surprised if that, that kind of conversation doesn't come up at uh, in Northwest Arkansas at the future. For freight festivals. Oh, well. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. JB Hunt is a huge uh, uh, proponent and supporter of exactly. veterans. Exactly. Everyone's looking for, for how to hire. But mm -hmm. 
Here we go. Did you know that Forbes just named AIT Worldwide Logistics as one of America's best mid-sized employers for 2022? In fact, AIT is the number one employer in the transportation logistics category. Boost your satisfaction, regain a sense of purpose, and open your career opportunities with one of the fastest growing organizations in the industry. That's right. Visit the career section on Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today, immediately after this show, and before you go, hit the links. Yeah, and before you hit the links, you might need a nice cup of joe, right? You or before might. you start booking you loads, might. or before you get it's behind the good. wheel. It's always good before you get behind the wheel of a golf cart. Maybe you want to support another veteran owned and run business today. I would do that. Let's go sure. meet him. It's Michael Clemmer. He's the CEO of Ariel Resupply Coffee. Michael, love seeing you on the show today. Oh, oh, he's muted. Can we uh, can we get him unmuted? I'm not sure who's in. That might be on. We got him back. I don't know if it's me. There we go. There You're perfect. Is. You're great now. You're good, Mike. I am now. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> hey, Mike, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Where are you, uh, where are you hanging out right now? Where are we talking to you from? So I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, the, one of the best, uh, I guess, unknown places, just because it's in the middle of Shenandoah Valley, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful area near uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, you awesome. have a really you have a really interesting story. You spent more than 20 years in the army before starting a a sort of military supporting and military themed military missioned coffee company called Aerial Resupply Coffee. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your background here. Yeah, so 20 years as a army logistics officer, really focused on beans, bullets and beds for our service members uh in a couple different areas across the world. And so, you know, I, I made the decision to retire in 2020 and, you know, spent 20 years drinking probably the worst coffee on the planet, uh, thanks to the thanks to Uncle Sam, and uh, decided that, you know, getting out of the Army and really finding my own passion and what I wanted to do was really support and continue to support uh, veterans, their families, and give back to the community that served me well for uh, 20 years. And so I kind of threw my hat in the ring and started Aerial Resupply Coffee, and now I'm focused, really, given the current situation in the world, really focusing on uh, actively supporting veterans and active military, given all these deployments that are happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I was reading the background or reading the story about your, your company there, and I was like, okay, he was in the Army drinking 20 years of bad coffee, and now he's got a coffee company that's kind of like a, an oxymoron, but now I get it. You want to rid the, the, the planet of bad coffee. It makes completely sense <laughs> now to me. You know everything there is to know about bad coffee. What is Aerial Resupply Coffee? Why is it so great? Well, you know, so, you know, my coffee and and really the, the, the small batch fresh roasted versions of you know, coffees out there, just, it makes the flavor of coffee taste so much better. And, you know, having been, you know, deployed in some austere environments uh, where, you know, the army logistics system will bring you coffee, but that coffee has been sitting somewhere uh, in a warehouse for up to six months to a year to two years, you know, it, it just doesn't have the same flavor. And so mm. I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, coffee as freshly roasted to people as I can, wherever they are. And I feel, you know, the aerial resupply method of, you know, the parachute delivering uh, anything really, you know, downrange, it doesn't really matter who's there on the receiving end. It's there to support and enable anybody to do whatever they need to do. Yeah, I was wondering how you managed out the logistics of parachuting these down on everyone's houses. Uh, and I guess your <laughs> army background comes in. Do, they, wait, do these come down via parachute or just uh, regularly in your mailbox? Is this mostly e-commerce right now? 
Yeah, it, it is mostly e-commerce. It, it, and and I will say, you know, if I can pioneer drone technology to start delivering this stuff, then I'm I'm in on that. I'm in at the ground level on that one. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and I, I think, you know, I'd love to be able to parachute stuff. Obviously, it's not reasonable or feasible right now. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, anything's possible in the future. So I, I think the more important thing, though, really, is just the idea for the support side of the military and the veteran community. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, branding out there that's that's more towards some of the operational side of what the Army does. But the logistics side of the Army constitutes 50 percent of mm-hmm. everything that happens in the DOD industrial base. And so there's a large section of people who are supported, who, who do provide support, who don't get recognized. And that's really what aerial resupply is about, is recognizing those that put in the work behind the scenes to enable everyone else. Yeah, I was reading their their mission, Michael Vincent, and yes, um, the lead in is definitely a military. But when you when you go on the website, they're also talking about everything from uh, first responders to truck oh, drivers. Yeah, 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 to, yeah. yeah, just about anybody who is um, kind of marginalized, I would say, by the marketing community, as you said. Like people just really don't consider those communities that well, and if they do, there's only specific products that are geared toward them, towards them. So to take it on and to say, hey, look, this is a company, this is the mission we stand behind, and this is how we're thinking and regarding of you is is really cool. I don't think that there's a, uh, a brand like that. No, I, I agree, and, and I love it because, like you said, these these positions, these these type of services are marginalized, and we only we only uh, we only honor them when we need them. Yeah. And this type of stuff keeps it in your foremind that we need to take care of these because we will going to need them. So, what does the army logistics teach you about running a coffee company? Well, you know, so. I think this falls within logistics as well, which is distribution is king, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you can't get your products or you can't get, you know, something from point A to point B, then it becomes very challenging uh, to be successful. And, you know, having seen, you know, how to support brigade combat teams or how to support people who were, you know, alone and unafraid in very far reaches, far reaching portions of the globe. You know, it, it becomes a premium. And how do you get there? And how do you how do you keep those people um, happy, resourced and, and ready to go? And so, you know, I take that same approach with my coffee company because, you know, I want to get it. I want to get my coffee to somebody when they need it and where they need it um, so they can also go on with their day and accomplish great things. Yeah, let's talk about that sourcing of some of the products you have there, like like tumblers. You you had it out there on on LinkedIn talking about uh, the black tumbler is awesome, but it's really difficult sometimes to to source these types of things. You think about coffee. Well, it's easy to yeah. source this stuff. Well, what are it? the difficult? No, I don't think it is yeah, really. I, think, it is. I think he's going to enlighten us if you would. Well, so some of the merchandise that I have, so like you know, and, and this comes into just the very nature of being a brand new business, right? Like this is my first really entrepreneurial journey. And so, you know, while I've had a lot of experience with the Department of Defense where it's, hey, order this because it already exists inside of the system, this is very much learning how to qualify vendors, find the right vendors, find the right products, and then quality control those products when they come in the door. So like when I wrote that post about um, my black tumblers and how they were, how they were, um, there were some challenges with them, that really occurred from the fact that they weren't printed correctly when I sourced them. Mm. And so I have, you know, I've gone back and forth with that company, but, you know, and for now it's a, it's a pathway, but you know, if it's one of those things where you have to look very heavily at, is it the right pathway for you, regardless of cost 
to make sure that it represents your business in the right way. And so that's that's always a supplier verification challenge that you have to go through. So mm. you have different flavors here of these coffee beans, like Moab, Firewatch, Spectre, right? How did you, yep. like you drank all this bad coffee, so how did you become like this coffee connoisseur or barista that could determine the right like roasting of these different beans and, and what is going to make for a, a good brew? How did you determine that part of it? Uh, with a lot of help. Yeah. And with a lot of with a lot of people who know way more than I do. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't I don't proclaim to be the smartest person in the room, especially when it comes to how to how to figure out what the right flavors for coffee are and, and, and how the blends work. You know, I have a lot of friends who are in this business who have helped me along the way and who've guided me into these three flavors specifically and these three blends. And so, you know, that I, I give credit where credit's due. Um, and And so. I think that my, you know, my friend who has helped me create this blend or these three blends is really is really the 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 key behind at least my initial success. And, you know, so but but I will say this, you know, when I looked at Moab specifically as a double caffeinated brew, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me on that is just how it can tackle the demand for energy drinks within inside the military. Right. There's a huge um, kind of this idea that energy drinks keeps everybody going. But, you know, the one thing that's hard to get into theater is any type of carbonated canned beverage only because it's just hard to move that, but coffee's a lot easier to move. And so from a double, from a double caffeinated perspective, you're removing one thing, but you're resupplying them with something different that is already there and easier to keep because it's a dry good. It's not you know, there's no, mm. there's not really as much disposal or waste associated with a can. Yeah, it can be sustained a little bit longer. I'm glad you brought up that Moab was was double caffeinated because when I saw that, I was like, man, that has just got to light your hair on fire the moment that you bring it with a name like Moab, the, the mother of all brews, I'll call oh, it. Yeah. Uh, but so, what are the other flavors that are there? Right, when people see that and they hear Moab, they're thinking, oh man, okay, uh, all of these are going to be like super strong and 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 knock me out. What 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 other brews are there? So you got Moab, like I said, double caffeinated. Spectre is my dark roast espresso blend. Um, that one is, so I like to talk about kind of like what they represent and what coffee mm-hmm. flavors represent. So Spectre, you know, there's a um, there's an aircraft that the Air Force uses in special operations called the AC-130 gunship. It's the, the, air, the platform that sits overhead in the middle of the night and will bring down a lot of firepower to help out American soldiers um, wherever they are. And so... But because they operate in the black night, I wanted a blend like Spectre Dark Roast, which is mm-hmm. a very, which is my stronger blend to be able to um, kind of represent the black of night. But the support is always there. Um, Firewatch is my single roast Colombian Supremo bean, which is uh, probably one of the, if not the, one of the best beans out there uh, for coffee. Uh, but it's it's a medium roast. And it represents, you know, kind of the overwatch that that soldiers or that, you know, anybody would have to take care of their buddies, um, helping keep you awake as you, uh, you know, perform whatever duties you need. Now, Michael, let me ask you, you have 20 years experience doing logistics for the Army and uh, big world events going on right now that will be disruptive to supply chains and logistics. Now, I know you don't have all the insight, but just just looking at it. Um, do, do you think any disruptions are, are going to, to hit you or, or what do you think the, the domestic effects will be of what's going on right now? You know, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think domestically we're going to, 
you know, I would say that it's hard not to see how a global economy and how a global logistics system could not be affected by what's going on. I think um, from a coffee perspective, I haven't heard anything yet, um, mostly because a lot of what I source comes from South America. And so, you know, I don't see any issues, at least on the on, on the near term horizon. Uh, long term, I think what we're all seeing is, you know, increasing gas prices and increase in fuel. And I think that is going to ultimately have an effect because it's going to have to get passed along somewhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Cost, too. I mean, and that's that's on that, that's like the best case scenario of kind of what's yeah. going on. That's like sort of being positive about things. Um, this is a really cool product. Do you plan on expanding more? Do you plan on opening your own like version of Starbucks or, or, or uh, you're getting on airplanes? Uh, what's next for the company? Well, so right now, um, sticking with e-commerce, uh, I, I would say that down the road and probably my, you know, what I would put on my vision board uh, would be almost a, you know, I'm not looking to be Starbucks. I'm not looking to be um, anybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to kind of forge my own path and build a community of veterans uh, within here in Charlottesville, but really kind of create almost a version of the VFW but for this generation of veterans, um, that's all inclusive, but has a little bit more, um, you know, amenities, I think, to what we all cur we're currently used to during our time serving. So, you know, it's big aspirations, but we'll see where we can go. Well, I like it. I'm sure that you've, your message has touched a lot of people listening to the show today. So if they want to get some of your coffee and support your business, where should I send them to? So aerialresupplycoffee.com. That's where... Um, you can go to the store. Uh, right now we are, you know, you can find all my merchandise on there and I'm actually donating, you know, if you, know, if you wanted to, anybody can donate coffee um, to service members on about a biweekly basis. I'm already shipping uh, coffee downrange to veterans and units that I know and where I know where they are. And, and so I'm trying to get them what I can uh, based on what I have. Hey, is the end game Excellent. to finally get good coffee in, uh, in our soldiers' rations? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm that sure they the will. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure they'll bang a cowbell for that one. Thank you so much, sir, for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Take no question it. about it. Just yes. Yeah. Now yeah, there's a mission. There's a there's a brilliant mission there. Upgrading yeah. the amenities for the veteran uh, associations and and clubs that are around around the country. I'm sure that they're they're a little behind the times. Well, and you know, I like that. What I really like here too is just companies are are taking these these veteran mission statements and they're taking their veteran background and making these receptive businesses that that aren't so on the nose. They're not just like a veteran services company like specifically. These are like regular businesses that are veteran friendly that you could work for and might understand your needs a little bit better or that you can shop with and support and support veterans a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Useful goods, excellent stuff. Everybody can use it. By company. the way, you out there, if you're ever doing stuff like this, if you're a veteran in logistics, you're doing stuff with charity, we always consider that earned media. Reach out to me, tduner at freightwaves.com or hit me up on social. We love to share these stories. We're always happy to highlight them. Uh, speaking of which, let's get to a little good news, bad news. That's Good news. Nice. <laughs> All right, I hope they're okay. All right. I don't remember eating that. Good news. House panel. People have been asking for this. A lot of shippers have been asking for this, screaming out this. House panel opens yes. price gouging probe major ocean carriers. 
This is serious stuff, so I have to quote it. All right. Leaders of the select subcommittee of the coronavirus <laughs> crisis and subcommittees on economic and consumer policy, which operate under the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, sent letters on Wednesday to heads of MERS, CMA, CGM, Hapag Lloyd, requesting information about their container rate increases and reports of those exorbitant fees and surcharges. I don't have to tell you about those. You know them, but 85%, they control 85% of the world's container uh, uh, c- capacity have made over 150 billion dollars in profits, nine times greater than 2020. We knew all. We know all that. Uh, I think we all agree that we want them to look at it. But here's the bad news. Yeah, Th- they started mentioning vessel sharing agreements, and if you mm. want to rip a hole in the space-time continuum of supply chain right yeah, now, if you really want to rip a hole in the bathtub and the vessel sharing agreements. That, yeah, that's a. That's, so, a, that's a really steep, slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who do, who do not know, vessel sharing agreements allow the carriers to carry other carriers' goods on, on their vessels. So what that means is that, let's say I have a relationship with Maersk, right? Yes. I'm doing all my routing and bookings through Maersk, sure. and Maersk is using their vessel sharing agreements to divvy out that freight and allow me to use that routing. It gives them a number of more calls. It gives all the carriers more calls. So what would happen is you said you can no longer have vessel sharing agreements, right? That's collusion. You cannot do it. That means that all of that freight, all of that capacity would have to be rerouted and removed. But that's not the way these lines have been set up for years now, and it's not the way that supply chains are set up. This would be a... I can't understate how like messed up no, that would uh, I mean, you imagine the fact that now all of a sudden the density on those ships is gone. They don't have that density yeah. anymore. So the services uh, go, to, go to hell in a handbasket. The efficiencies are gone. The cost, costs are going to go through the roof. You think 20 grand t- uh, t- uh, for uh, 20, uh, 20 to the West Coast is, is, is high. Do this. And, and then the carriers themselves, like they, you know, these vessels are, are very expensive. These, these routings are very expensive. And they're operating them under the understanding there's vessel sharing agreements as well to fill up capacity. And I go, well, everybody needs to fill up boats right now. Who cares about capacity? Look, it's not always going to stay no. like that either. We, gotta, we can't make solutions that fix tomorrow. But when we're in a new, in new context, they'll ruin everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I got some bad news for you, Dooner. Sure. You're too short to drive an 18-wheeler, my friend. I you're tough. too short to see over the steering wheel. You can't drive that truck. But there's good news, my friend. TikToker Alex Nino has got you covered, my friend. Check out this solution. Run the tape. How do I drive my semi-truck comfortably for hours sitting in a baby car seat? Believe it or not, when I first started using it, I would literally just sit in the car seat. And after driving for over 10 hours every single day, it started taking a toll on me. So that's when I realized I had to look for something because I couldn't take it anymore. So I stopped at a truck stop and I found myself one of these memory foam cushion seats. It was literally the best $25 I've ever spent. Before, after I finished driving over 400 miles every single day, my body would just ache from sitting in this thing. And I can't take the car seat out because if I take it out, I literally can't see over the steering wheel. But ever since I bought this memory foam cushion seat, it's made driving so much easier and enjoyable. Sometimes you just got to improvise and being a 410 truck driver sometimes isn't the easiest, but this makes it easy. No, I, 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 think that's cool. for, I think it's cool for a couple reasons. First of all, yeah. it's pretty brave to put yourself out there and, and yeah. be a truck driver in a pretty macho field and be like, hey, I'm sitting in a child seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly my thought when I saw this. I was like, whoa, this yeah, guy's got but some I, I got to respect it. I think that I like yeah. I, I, some, I, I, I think it's cool that he put it out. I'm sure people have that problem. It could be a safety thing. I don't know how, like, personally, I don't know if that is safe to, someone's probably going to, like, scream in the comments that it wouldn't be safe to sit in a baby seat while driving a truck. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know, guys. Do, do you know? Um, 
uh, also for women though, like if this is a good solution, you know, you're talking about a lot of young women, so people <laughs> who maybe like four foot ten, that that might be helpful as well. I think it would. I think if it was a bad situation of safety, the DOT might have gotten a few inspections that went awry. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> it might have been stopped once or twice. I don't I, know. I would th- oh, because they think it's like an autonomous <laughs> yeah, yeah, truck like, with no safety for an inspection. driver. They're like, what the heck is this? It's like ghost truck going down the highway. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't even have autonomous cameras on it. All right. Uh, bad news. You are hauling a load, and all these worlds of, world events are starting to get you. Some good news. Let's take a look at this. Take a look. Oh. There's some kids on the side of the road at the bus stop. <laughs> Hear that Love trucker it. laugh. I love it. I do too. I, I, I used to do that as a kid. You used to do that as a kid? The air horn? I always do that. I still do oh, yeah. Hold on. One more you time. still do it? <laughs> one more time. Sound on. It's here. Where's it coming? Here oh. it Where is he? Where'd it go? <laughs> Give us the motion. There, you go. there we go. There it is. There we go. Beautiful oh, stuff. Right. Okay. I just love to see it, Michael Vincent. I love to hear it. I used to get so excited as a kid doing that stuff. We go on family trips and yeah. we'd be in the backseat going. Come on, out there. do it, do it. Drivers out there, they're always willing to as well. What do you got? <laughs> oh, I got some really good news here, my friend. Your kitsch, and you've invented a device that finally, finally makes it so McDonald's ice cream machines stop breaking because they're always broken. That's kind of a big deal, right? It's a huge deal. Yeah. Since 2019, Kitsch says that they have made a phone-sized device meant to fix McDonald's ice cream machines issues through installation. The device was meant to intercept each machine's internal communications, and it was to be sent as a smartphone or web interface in order to help owners fix their machines according to Wired. So it was there, man. Wow. And it was working, but so bad news. Bad news. Penn Live reports, though, in November 2020, McDonald's sent out emails requesting all franchises remove the device from their machines. In the emails, McDonald's said Kitsch device violated the machine's warranties and intercepted confidential information from that from that ice cream machine. The fast food chain also said that the device could lead to serious human injury. Kitsch denied this claim and so now uh, and called it defamatory. And now Kitch is suing McDonald's for, get this, $900 million $1 menu items. Wow. Like cheeseburgers. Like just cheeseburgers. They just want just like single cheeseburgers. That's a lot. Well, they so, want $900 million of them, though. So McDonald's, does, they just don't want a third party. Is this like right to repair kind of thing? They don't want a third party maintenance. If I understand I, it correctly. I, I, I think it's the manufacturer of the machine is saying, hey, that violates all the warranties. Because McDonald's is kind of like a landlord and a food distributor to Correct. a location, and they define yes. the rules, but that's that, then they kind of step off there? Or maybe they have may, overreach? I don't know. Are I McDonald's don't have community? a franchise. I don't know. McDonald's management community, Does this? are you offended by this situation with the... I, like, look, I would like the machines to be fixed easier. That's They're what I famous for bad ice cream machines. Maintenance, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're so famous that this company, like an entire startup, made itself to just fix the McDonald's. The McDo- specifically the McDonald's. I know. And now it's they're not going to, to Wendy's. This. They're not Who going knows? to Bojangles. It's specifically McDonald's. Bad news, you're a squirrel. You're drowning in some flood water. Good news. This dog right here is paddling on by. Like, can we roll this tape, please? There we go. That little doggy. Any sound on here? I like little doggy <laughs> swimming noises. No? No sound? Look at this. Okay. Look at this guy. He got no sound on it. We'll have to make our own soundtrack. Way to this go, one. This right, right on his head over there. I love it. That's like the Chinese proverb, right? About like the, the snake that goes on the, the, the drowning This dog's like, hey, man, I got you covered, bro. Race. I got you covered. Is that Rocky from Rocky Bowinkle? Here's the last one. Good news. Good huh. news. I'm going to Disney World next week. That is good news. Yeah. Oh, you got to get me one of those uh, Dooner family vacation shirts. Though. Well, yeah, that's why we brought it up. That's why I brought it up <laughs> earlier. Uh, it's, a, it's the vacations have been canceled twice because of COVID. It was canceled in 2020. We're supposed to go mm. in April. And we're supposed to go April last year. Got canceled again. So finally, we're leaving go. on Sunday. It's going to be a good time. The bad news, though, no shows next week. 
won't be back. We're going to take a break. And um, a lot going on in the world, so it's, it's, it's a weird time to go away. I'm going to just try and turn my transponder off and, and like, be in another Do world. It. You're going to have to go to uh, TikTok or go to uh, Twitter and download that video of the intro and just play it over and over on a loop while we're off next week. No. I mean, if I see something fun Not at you, Disney. you, other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if I see something cool at Disney, maybe I'll cut a video for now or something. You guys can yeah, play Yeah, yeah, yeah. The logistics, the logistics of, you guys. Uh, of the uh, Animal Kingdom ride. By the way, we got a show coming up. The logistics. We're taking the we're taking logistics to the next level, May 9 to 10, 2022. Rogers Convention Center. It's an in-person event. Get your tickets. We're talking about the future. Freight. The future of supply chain. We're talking about some of those military That's business it, leaders who do it right now. Tickets are only $1,295. They go up soon, though. Live.freightwaves.com to register. Subscribe to this show wherever you get audio podcasts. If you want to watch our ugly mugs, you can download the Freightwaves TV app. Watch on iOS, on your TV. Pretty cool. Find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dunas, D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Tell them how to be this weekend. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere the world can use it.